first question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, we just going right in? Oh, of course. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So you know what worked really well in Minat's interview? Going yeah. over every year of your life with a couple of sentences of what happened to get a oh, sense of your story. Okay. Wait. So wait. So I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Right. So first year, um, Goo Goo Gaga. Mummy Milky, I guess. Um, baby food. Yeah, I don't know. The second year, um, well, I don't know. I my mum said that I used to like just like grab my big brother and jump up and down until I made him cry because <laughs> oh, I just oh. had like random burst of energy. I don't know what that's about. But yeah, and then when I was three, I was wait, wait, wait. Did did you say big brother or baby brother? No, big brother. But he he's only like well, I don't know. He's two years older than me. I probably did it with my little brother too. Apparently, I used to just like grab people and just like jump about until like knocked them over or got tired or something. Do, is that something you still do? Is that something I still do? No, no, not yeah. anymore. I don't. I don't really make people cry, thankfully. All I'll right. get them to pop up on my computer. It'll go away. Uh, oh well. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, fourth year of my life. I don't know. What, that was like in nursery. Oh, I remember. I think when, I don't know, I don't know how old I was, but I remember in nursery, um, like, I was best friends with this girl, Lily, and then um, we were moving up to, like, reception, and, like, they were calling out our names to move up, and they called out, like, they called out my name, but they didn't call out Lily's name, and I was like, oh, yeah. Lily, come on, we're going to reception, but it turns out she's in the year below me, so then we stopped being friends, and Lily stopped being, oh. started being friends with, like, my little brother instead. And I was I was very heartbroken. Yeah, that's all I remember from like this. What, what, what were you you and Lily doing together? What were me? Huh? Why were you and Lily together in the first place? If you were in different. I don't know. We were in nursery, and I guess they put two years together. I have no idea. But yeah, we were like best friends, and it was really funny though because she was very like badly behaved, and then she made me really bad behaved as well. And it was very fun, but. Yeah, I guess I stopped being bad behaviour, which sucks very well. Yeah, um, and also in nursery, I remember like we had a morning teacher and an afternoon teacher, and the morning teacher was like really really nice, and the afternoon the afternoon teacher was like really mean, and uh, she made me cry a lot and stuff. Yeah, so that's oh, all I remember from like when I was four, I guess. Uh, when I was five, I don't know what happened. Six, seven, eight, nine. When I was nine, then I started being like really like cringy. Like that's when I was into like. Like really into like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye and stuff like that, and that was like oh my god, those were like the years where like Tumblr was a big thing, obviously, and like there was all like the I'm a potato stuff, you know all that like XD, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I don't. You don't know. You I know, am a potato. Yeah, you know those that, that was that phase on the internet where it's like ooh, ooh I'm so quirky, raw XD, you know that stuff. You know? <laughs> no, but I like it, and I regret not seeing it. <laughs> No, it was really embarrassing. I was like one of those. And I was kind of like, mm, I'm not like as girls, I don't like the colour pink. But I mean, now I really like the colour wow. pink. Like, I was just being mean to the colour pink for no reason. It was actually really nice. Yeah, and then, I don't know. Um, 10, 11, 12, I don't know. Year 7, I was still very embarrassing. In like year 8, I had like the I had the cheeseburger backpack from Steven Universe. Oh my god, you watched Steven yeah. Universe! I didn't know that. <laughs> I literally had a Steven Universe tab open. I had to sacrifice that tab to open this tab. Wow. Uh, you you had an actual backpack of it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I thought it was cool. Because I wanted to like stand out because I was still kind of like mm, I'm not the, I'm not like other girls, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, I thought it was really big and awkward. Like it was huge and like. Every time I put a bunch of stuff in it and ran with it, then it would open by itself and stuff. Oh and because I was like, I was in like year seven or eight, and like 
I did that embarrassing thing where you like run everywhere through the halls, like you run to lunch to get a oh, lunch. Yeah. Like, you know, Wait, you, oh no, you is that something first. people just do in year seven and eight? <laughs> I ended up there every single year I was like, yeah, yeah, so every time I'd run in the hallways and the stuff would fall out, and I'm pretty sure people like inadvertently bullied me, but I literally did not notice at all. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, yeah, so that was like when I was like 11, 12, or whatever. Wait, 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 wait. When did you start watching Steven Universe? When did I start watching Steven Universe? I don't know, because. I think I, I mostly just watched like clips on YouTube and stuff. Or wait, was it on Netflix at one point? Because I remember watching it with my brothers, like over my dad's house. I don't know. I think it only came on Netflix in the last couple of years. And it's only two seasons in. Yeah. I think it only came on Netflix in the last couple of years. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I watched it. I, I can't remember like when I started watching it. But I I knew I wanted the cheeseburger backpack because I was like, oh, yeah, this will make me stand out. Yeah. And it did, and I got kind of bullied, but oops. Oh, well. Did, did yeah. anyone get it? Did anyone get it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I had loads of people coming up to me and being like, oh my god, it's from Stephen Universe, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really nice, it was really cute. And all the teachers were like, oh, that's nifty, it's in the shape of a big, that's really cool, and stuff. Um, yeah, so that was pretty nice. But like, a bunch of the, the other kids were just like, like, really, yeah, they just, they didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and then and then when i was like 13 14 then i got like my first proper boyfriend and stuff and yeah i don't know and then i went through my first breakup when i cried a lot that kind of i guess that was like the major part of my cat dark when i was that age what's um, a cap dark cap dark <laughs> is that cap- a welsh phrase Character arc, you know? I'm character just... arc? Oh, like the universe! <laughs> you describe real life events as character arcs too. Well, yeah, well, okay, yeah, because yeah. they are. Because they're, they're, like, they're like major points in my life that like shaped my personality, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so then that was, that was my first breakup. And I guess it taught me to be like less clingy because like, we kind of broke up because. I mean, I mean, my boyfriend like used to like come out to the park with us all the time, and then he he stopped coming out. I don't know if it was really my fault that we broke up, but I guess we kind of just like drifted apart. Cause um, I mean, I wanted to s- spend time with him all the time, and he didn't want to spend time with me that much anymore because he was like introverted and stuff. So yeah. um, so that that taught me to just, just to just like hold back a bit before I get like really attached to people. So I guess it, like Loki gave me trust issues, but like oh well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then um. Yeah, yeah, year ten, year ten. I dated like four people that year, uh, and I kind of I had a bit of a hoe phase in that year as well. That was that was fun, um, and that's when I dated the the first picture I put up, the guy, the blonde guy. That's that was Ellis, and um, he kind of like gaslit me a bunch and stuff. And that was another a big part of my character arc and stuff because that gave me further trust <laughs> So now I'm more like cautious before I get into like relationships and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then also in year 10, I stopped, I started being like more like self-conscious. And I was like, okay, the stuff I used to do was kind of like embarrassing and I wasn't very socially good. And I remember like, I don't know what year this was, this might've been like year nine or something, but by year 10, I was pretty like socially adept, right? Because I used to like watch YouTube videos that were like, oh yeah, how to socialize well, how to use secret body language tips and stuff like that. And I just like, I learned it like really, really well. Like really like natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, Huh? Yeah, yeah, it worked so well. No, yeah, because literally, I used to be like really like socially awkward and like uh like not confident at all and stuff. And yeah, but then now I'd, I'm just like a lot more confident and like <laughs> I like I can talk to like practically anyone when I make friends with them just because I'm like 
or the or the body language like you you go like have your palms outwards and makes you look more open and stuff and i like stop standing like that or something like that all that stuff right um and it, so it also, cool. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's so good and um i think it also might be to do with the fact that like i don't know uh, i was less confident back then because my my dad and his girlfriend were kind of like kind kind of like emotionally abusive yeah um mm. So like once uh, me and my brothers stopped um, seeing them, then we all got like more like in our elements because we weren't being like so stressed all the time. So I guess that's also how I got um, socially a lot better in like year 10. And then year 11, uh, I don't know, year 11, year 11 was like, oh, year 11 was like such a nice year because like everything was all set out. There's like no conflict basically. Like oh. yeah, because I already had all my social skills and I had like a really like comfortable friend group that like, stayed the same for like the whole year and we had like no drama or anything like that yeah, yeah. That, that was so nice yeah um uh i don't know and i i dated a girl for the first time and it was it was really nice, nice. Um, yeah but we broke up um so yeah i don't know i can't i can't remember much about year 11 even though it's only like like just now it's literally just now i don't i guess not much eventful stuff happened it was just a really really comfortable year and then I do now. I'm really excited to go into sixth form because, um, because I'm gonna be in the honors class and uh, like we did an open day the other day and they gave us like a separate talk for the honors students and like they like they took us into the honors classroom and there were like posters on the wall with like logical fallacies on them and like I, <laughs> I know like it was so cool. It got me like really excited and there were like posters that were like oh yeah um pop culture and modern femininity i was like whoa that looks so interesting so now i'm just really hard to go to college so yeah, yeah that's more than a few sentences so i just realized like, that was, like oh it's just five we haven't spoke for very 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 long that's, yeah that's a very interesting life you live so far mm. you mentioned you know oh by the way i guess no one on the podcast knows like you know who you are um oh, yeah so this is freya um yeah you're minute's friend Yes, Minak from the last interview, which may or may not ever show its face in this feed. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you take the Did you take the episode off? No. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Like, like, we're we're basically not allowed. Did I? Did I not send you like the link? No. I'm wait. basically like not allowed to upload it. I'm being censored. Wait, why? <laughs> I'm not sure how specific I should be. Um. <laughs> but suffice it to say, it's significantly less dramatic than you might think. Right. Wait, were you censored, like, by the platform? Uh, no, 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 no. What, what possible things could we and Minad have discussed that would be I so bad that you'd be censored <laughs> by Spotify? Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, wait, where does Minad involve in this? In, in what? Oh, what, like, Your in my story? story. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, well, basically... Um, she was in like a friendship show with like me and my best friend Amal um, and there was like there was actually a lot of conflict like she was the cause of like most of the conflict before like you <laughs> yeah um, uh, oh wait I don't know if I should say that but oh well yeah well anyway um, <laughs> she like I don't know I, I do I distinctly remember like going to her house and being her, in her backyard and just like playing with these old brooms and like pretending to like do javelin with them and then like her mum got mad at us 
and then and I said sorry like really quietly because obviously I was like a lot more shy back then right and then she was like you didn't say sorry to my mum I was like oh I did I, I definitely meant to I just said it really quietly and I guess she didn't hear me and then and then Minerva was like, oh, yeah, we can't be friends anymore. And I remember, like, crying on the, on the bus on the way to school or something like that when she oh, just no. said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you but we, we were, like, friends a bit after, so it was fine. Yeah. I'd say. There was just a lot of drama back then. And that was still when we were in our, like, little dramatic, cringe, cringy little phase, like me and Mom and that. We were all, like, really embarrassing <laughs> and stuff. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know, she left like year nine or so right or maybe it was, was like year 10 i don't know well yeah she left and then me and amal got close i guess because um previously like mina and amal sometimes were like hanging out without me and stuff like that you know i was kind of like the the awkward weak link ish in like that group i guess um yeah uh that's i don't know that's about it she left and then um me and amal were like Ooh, it's a lot more peaceful now, you know, because she also, she also had like a she had like a lot of drama with this girl like Kelsey as well, and because of that like this girl Kelsey and her whole group didn't like our group or something like that. I don't know. I, I think it was literally because they liked the same boy called Jacob, some white boy called J- Jacob. I don't know. wasn't worth it. it wasn't worth the drama, honestly. Um, but yeah, and after after she left, I guess um i'm all probably felt more secure because like people always like oh yeah wow look frame and i are so smart and stuff like that even though like amal was also smart but no one's just no one was like being like grateful for her you know <laughs> no one was her. you what for her is amal a girl amal yeah oh what, what do you know do you know a male or no i just it sounded like a male name <laughs> oh right <laughs> yeah yeah amal's a girl yeah um yeah, so I guess uh, Amal probably felt better that she was getting appreciated more when Minat was gone. She was kind of Minat's shadow, I guess. So yeah, that's where Minat comes into all of it. I see. Fascinating. Well, I, I guess in general you said some shady, not so good looking yeah, about Minat things about her right now. I'm guessing well, yeah, it comes with that. She's like really that. sociable and funny though, and kind of like. When when I was like really shy and I was like looking at her being all sociable and make friends with her and I was like oh I kind of want to be like that so in a way I, I kind of like idolized her a little bit because I was like oh yeah I want to be that outgoing you know oh. and yeah then you the YouTube videos huh and then you watched all the YouTube videos yeah 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 so then, huh. yeah so I guess she kind of like inspired me so there's some non shady stuff <laughs> to like bats out yeah. good great um, I'm very curious about the like confidence from watching youtube videos thing yeah like how i mean how do you feel now and how is it different like can you actually talk to anyone like if you're at a park wandering yeah. around and you see someone on a bench they seem lonely would you like strike up a conversation with them could you what? i don't know yeah i probably could i probably could like if push came to shove i don't think i would like on my on my own accord because like i don't really need to but like, if someone's like, oh yeah, I don't, I dare you to make friends with that person, then I probably could, I reckon. So oh. yeah. <laughs> are, are you gonna say more about your secrets? Oh, oh, can you tell us the YouTube channel if you remember it? YouTube channel. Um, no, I actually don't remember it. But it was this guy with like a big forehead. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. Know. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. Know. If you if you look up like, oh yeah, how to like speak to people better and it's this guy he always wears like a black t-shirt because he's like oh yeah if you wear black it makes you look taller or something like that uh-huh. I know. It's, it's not it's not the guy that like other people use not like the alpha guy you know the alpha male guy you know that youtuber no no you don't know him. well 
I don't know, other people might know him, but yeah, it's not him, it's a different one. Um, and he also like talks about like how to win debates and stuff like that, um, and like and tricks for um, persuading people and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I see. All right. Okay. Well, maybe my you know listener army will go after and find it. Right. <laughs> like with the combined minds of an entire listener base of a podcast, I'm sure that one entire person can find it. <laughs> yeah. Do you debate? Do I debate? Um, not really, I, <laughs> I guess I probably more argue than debate, because, like, I've never debated in, like, a formal setting. Um, I will in sixth form, I'm pretty sure, but I've never gotten to so far. Um, so I've never practiced, like, pure debate, uh, but I'd really like to, I really find it interesting, and I'd, I'd like to have, like, a moderator to, like, to point, to be able to, um, like, accept when I point out that someone else's argument is, like, an invalid argument. Like, you know, with, like, the logical fallacies. Because if I'm, like, casually, casually like, debating with my friends about something and they, they keep repeating the same logical fallacy and, and I'm like, that's that doesn't make sense, that's that's not logical, then, like, no one's there to stop them saying that and, like, advance the, like, debate at all. So it's just, yeah. it just gets a bit repetitive and boring. So I'm, like, really excited to do it in um, college because it'll be way better then. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, or you could just you know debate with people who also know the same logical fallacies that you do. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't really know people like that apart from Minat. Um, but the thing is, usually when I like debate with my friends or whatever, it's stuff that I have like a personal conviction about. Like, because some of my male friends, um, when like uh, Sarah Everard died, right, they were like they were they were getting like personally offended that um, that woman was scared of men on the street at night and stuff like that, and I was like. Why would you get personally offended? Because, like the, the the statistics show that it is very like likely that a man's going to hurt you, right? And they they just didn't they weren't like thinking like empathically, right? Um, and they were just they were just like, oh yeah, no, it makes no sense. Why would why it's not all men? It's not, it's not all men, but like it's oh my god, like it's it's a it's a probable event, you know? It's not about being like certain. It's about you like the uncertainty of it all like that's the whole point like you don't know which one it is it could be anyone like and you, you can't take that risk you know so uh yeah and they they didn't really get that at all and they just kept saying things over and over no yeah oh my god but have you have you like heard people debate this before because because one of my friends was like friends was like um oh yeah what have i said that I'm scared of, of black people hurting me or whatever. Like, am I justified to be scared of all black people or something like that? And like, that that's that's the illogical fallacy called a false equivalence. Like, obviously. Although and I've never heard yeah. of the logical fallacy of false equivalence before. This is not. Yeah. Um, well, that's basically when you're you're trying to you're trying to be like, oh yeah, this thing is the same as as this thing. So why is only one of them right or something like that when they're not actually the same thing? Like, obviously. Hmm. Obviously, being scared of black people is not as justified as a woman being scared of men because um, st- st- uh, it's so much it's so much more likely that a woman is going to get um, attacked by a man, which is the thing that distinguishes the two. Um, so yeah. <laughs> mm. Do you also know about punching up and punching down? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Because yeah. um, obviously, there are the systemic inequality inequalities um, that. Um, make make it like reasonable for someone who is who was targeted by those inequalities to criticize uh, the people above them and um not not receive 
uh, well, I don't know about receiving criticism back, but not receive like, I don't know, like opposition back, because obviously they're opposed enough, they get enough opposition, you know? So yeah, yeah obviously, yeah, so obviously that applies, That that's exactly why it was a false equivalence, and the person I was debating with was literally just saying that over and over and over. However, if there was like a moderator there, then um, I don't think um, they would have like gotten away with that, and it, we would have actually probably gone somewhere with the debate, or even like ended the the debate there. Um, but yeah, because there was no one there to like regulate or anything, then um, it didn't really go anywhere. It just huh. got really passive. So yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, there's something interesting about sharing logical fallacies. Which is that, like, they say that you shouldn't share them because people can use them to, like, justify any argument that they already believe. So then the more logical fallacies they have in their head, the more they can use it to shut down arguments they don't like. And then they learn less and less and change their view less and less. So it's actually, like, dangerous to share them around. Yeah, well, that's the thing because I'm pretty sure using logical fallacies to like uh, disqualify someone else's point—that's that's also an illogical fallacy, right? Because basically, oh, yeah, because yeah, you you point out that argument and say like, oh yeah, you're using this logical fallacy, but then you don't really address the argument itself. Like you point out the the fallacy, but then you don't go any further and you don't address why it's not correct. You know. So it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, that's wrong. And then that's the end of it. It's like no one learns anything and no one changes or anything like that. So, yeah, that is yeah. like, that's, that's one of like the dangers of illogical fallacies, I guess. But um, I don't know. I think it is important for people to know them just so that they can spot when they're being kind of like manipulated uh, by words. Um, like, because obviously if someone's using a false equivalence, that's like not honest that's that's not like a valid argument right <laughs> so mm. um it's important for people to spot when they're being like fooled you know huh. yeah you know i was having a very interesting and controversial debate yesterday and i yeah. was making something out to be analogous to something else mm. and i feel like if the people are listening they'd say it's a false equivalence <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they might i don't well sometimes when people make equivalences it's more to like kind of like um convey like the sentiment you know but then i guess when some people make analogies they're like not the same thing and sometimes uh it's the difference that well that makes a difference obviously like the yeah. difference between, yeah like you have if you if you can distinguish the two in a significant way that like then it, it might change the argument like they might be different obviously they might be different but if the sentiment is the same then that's the fine analogy but if the sentiment is like different or a bit skewed then that's that's a false equivalence so yeah i don't know maybe maybe you did use a false equivalence but i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe i didn't maybe i didn't hmm. but anyway uh do you want to get on to the actual questions oh yeah okay <laughs> all right okay what do you think happens after you die after you die. Ooh. Did, well, did I, I not send this one to you? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I literally like, wrote notes because some of the questions are like, really hard. Oh my um, god, not notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, what do I think happens after that? Well, um, I'm an atheist, so I don't know if I believe in an afterlife, but that'd be pretty sick. You know, I would like that to be an afterlife because, like, 
it'd be nice to know I have another chance. Like if I haven't done everything in this life, it'd be nice to know I get to like try again. Or like, it'd be nice to know I get another consciousness so I don't just live once and never get to live again. Because I do quite enjoy living, so it'd yeah. be nice to do it again. So if I were like um, reincarnated, I think that'd be pretty sick. Um, but I feel like uh, if we're talking like like the, the Christian afterlife or something like that, I feel like I'd probably go to like purgatory or something. And oh. that's probably just like a, a like a sweaty waiting room. I don't know, that's how I imagine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine purgatory that's like a sweat a sweaty waiting room and um I don't know there's always someone talking really loudly on the phone so it's kind of like mild hell but it's also I know it's just waiting waiting about and no actually you know what if I had to wait that long in purgatory that'd probably be my own personal hell really because I I get bored so quickly so yeah <laughs> yeah there's an entire section on the horribleness of boredom in Lynette's podcast to listen to her. has a podcast? No, like what I did with her. But oh, I would right. be, that would be my reaction as well. I would be excited. Like, Minna, make the freaking podcast. I, I, we spoke about this, she's like, oh, I don't know what would be the podcast. Anything you want. It's, it's no rule. Um, yeah, Minna seems like the sort of person to have a podcast because she's like really like vocal about things, isn't she? I would love if she did. Imagine like Minna Corner, we just hear like her like talking to herself for like a half an hour every Friday. <laughs> Oh my god. But anyway, would reincarnating be so good? Like, I mean, did, describe what you expect reincarnating to be like, so we're on the same page. Um, well, I know, so I'm thinking, I know, based on, I guess, wait, like the, the, um, like the traditional idea of um, reincarnation, which sort, I think it's like, uh, based on how good you were in your, in your last life, you get turned into like an animal like that that correlates to like how much you sinned or whatever i guess mm. um so like i guess if i were like a really bad i'd be a worm but i don't know being a worm seems like a pretty good life to me because like actually i don't know no because i mean at least if you're a worm right and you get eaten by a bird that's like a like a quick pretty painless death right and oh, all you do is like wriggle around the soil all day it's like pretty simple like you don't have to like pay taxes if you're a worm or anything like that like you, it's you a have to life. worry for your life, like. Oh wait, yeah, that's true. You know how many worms I see on the road, route through the middle of my path, and I have to like pick them <laughs> up with a stick and move them to the grass <laughs> or else they get stepped on, and just like all around them are like the corpses of their friends. Oh, that's so sad. Well, yeah, that's really true. That's probably like really like trauma-inducing as a worm. Yeah, um, and I don't know. Whenever also, I see a, a worm oh, that's like really panicked and it's like doing its little like panic dance, like imagine how much pain that worm is in. Like that that worm must be like horrified, you know. Like now I'm really like empathizing with these worms. Like I don't know if I'd want to be a worm being so panicked that I like dance to try and scare away the predator. And imagine like if you're like a human and you lived in a bunker and every time you you came out of the bunker, there's a likelihood someone would like swoop down and just like kill yeah. you. Like <laughs> maybe that would be great. So okay, maybe being a worm wouldn't be so good. And I mean, I, I still don't like, think I'd win though. It's like life. Did <laughs> you still don't think what? Sorry. I still I don't think I'd mind being a worm either way, you know, because it's just it's just part of life <laughs> being a worm. I mean, okay, so if if you're like if you live an unvirtuous life, then you get a worse animal, right? Yeah. So if you're a worm and you want to be a human again. What the hell could you do? <laughs> I have to be a really, really good worm. I guess. I don't know. I guess I'd start up like 
a refugee camp for all the worms that are trying to get to the soil from the other side of the pavement. Oh my god, imagine oh. all the or I like I like I like rescue worms from the middle of the road when they're about to get run over. I guess that's what I'd have to do to become a human again. No, but that's actually no, that's such a weird concept because like how are you going to get become a better animal if there's no there's no concept of right or wrong in the consciousness of the animal that you currently are? Because like would yeah. you just be stuck being a worm over and over because you you're basically like neutral you're not good or bad because worms aren't conscious they can't consciously decide to be good or bad it's like all right <laughs> and, and and here's the kicker right <laughs> what if we are all super advanced aliens who had a super advanced sense of right and wrong but then we screwed up in our lives so we got put into less intelligent beings less conscious beings and those oh beings are human beings <laughs> Well, yeah, I could have been a really sexy alien. Well, I don't know. I don't really mind because, I mean, as long as I have a consciousness, I'm probably good. Because, as, like, as long as I can think for myself, like, I guess I'm entertained enough, you know? Life is good enough when you can comprehend things. Like, if I were a worm, maybe that wouldn't be great because, because I don't know, I wouldn't really understand things. I wouldn't be able to, like, gather knowledge just for the fun of it like I can as a human. But then again, I wouldn't be aware of that as a worm. So I don't know. I guess it'd be like ignorance is bliss as a worm, probably. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to say that. I'm, I'm sure you're okay with it now. Like, I mean, monkey, monkeys are decently conscious, right? Dogs yeah. are probably decently conscious. They're probably thinking, this is good enough. You know, I have enough consciousness yeah. to chase ball or pet family or whatever. What if there are higher states like us? And there are higher states that we don't have access to because we screwed up. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wait, no, but imagine if I'm good enough to become an alien in the next life. Like, that'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. You'd have Where to be really, 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 really good, though. Like, yeah. Rosa Parks level good. Oh, that's yeah. The that's true. No, I don't, think I, I don't think I've been good enough to become an alien, sadly. Maybe I can not change that. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Um... Wait, what was I gonna say? Um, wait, yeah, but um, oh no, I can't remember. Wait, no, yeah, but um, you have like you have like no memory of your past life when you reincarnate. Yeah. So like, what whatever you turn into, you just have to take it as it is, you know. And I don't think I'd mind that because like improvising is like really fun. So if I were like, if I was suddenly like a hippo or something, I was trying to survive like poachers, I'd be like, okay, this is my mission, and I'm gonna do it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know <laughs> what else is there to do. Oh, that, that's great. Oh. Take what you have and run with it. So yeah, I don't really mind, like, what happens. I don't really mind what happens after I die. You know, if, if everything just, like, stops, then I guess I wouldn't mind that either. Because, I mean, I've already got to live once. And even if I get to live a second time, I'm not going to know that I'm more fulfilled than my last life because I would have forgotten it all. So yeah. it doesn't really make much of a difference if anything happens. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever read The Egg? The short story, The Egg? No. <laughs> no, you should read it. Um, it's about, well, like, if I said what it's about, it would be a spoiler, but it's relevant. Don't read it now, obviously. Like, yeah. At some point. Um, hmm. And you should read it to listener. You, listener, you can read it now. You're not bound by anything. Pause this. Um, Wait, hold on. What? The uh, Egg. Wait, I'm looking at Hey, are you... <laughs> it's a short story, you can read it online. The okay. best short story ever. But not now. 
Yeah, okay, not now. Okay, come on. I'll go up to that. But anyway. But, like, what do you really think is going to happen is that it's just going to be nothing. Um... Wait, what'd you say? Like, after you die. What do you really think is going to happen is that there's just going to be nothing. No, yeah, I I just think there is going to be nothing, I'd say. Because, I mean, there's no evidence to prove otherwise, so I'm just going to assume that nothing happens. And then maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, you know? Maybe I'll die and I'll be, like, I'll be in the waiting room. Okay, if I were in the waiting room, maybe I wouldn't be pleasantly surprised. But I'd yeah. still be surprised. <laughs> I guess it'd be pretty cool. I say. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just assume nothing's going to happen because there's nothing to prove otherwise. And then if something does happen, then I'll be like, oh, wow, this is great. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. I say. Are you an atheist by default? Are your parents atheist? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I got christened, though. I don't know why. Maybe it was just, like, for the benefits. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Do you ever wonder about what it would be like? Ah. <laughs> risky hmm? question. Really, really risky question. Um, <laughs> I have many plots going on, so only one. Sorry. Uh, huh? <laughs> never mind. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you after, probably, maybe, or not. Okay. I can do whatever I want. Leave me alone. Um, but more interestingly, have you always been so at peace? You, you seem like just at peace and chill and one with life. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I th- I'm not quite sure what I thought when I was younger, because when I was younger, I was like less conscious of these things. I was less like, what's the word, like existentialistic? Is that? I don't even know if that's the word. Existential. I don't know. Yeah, I was less like, existential when I was younger. But like when I started like getting existential, then I was just like, okay, so the universe is huge, but, like, who cares? Because, like, I'm here doing this stuff right now. You know, I'm not one that, like, worries about the future. I kind of just do stuff. Like, I roll with the punches, you know? Yeah. I mean, whatever happens, I'll probably... I'll I'll work with it, you know? I'm, like, confident in my ability to improvise. So, yeah, I guess maybe when I was, like, less confident when I was younger, I probably would have been a lot more worried about this sort of thing. But, like, now, um, yeah, well, <laughs> you know? I, I think I'm ready for anything. So, yeah. My god. <laughs> Alright. God damn. Okay. Um. <laughs> great. Next question. <laughs> How do you think the universe was made? Yes, wait, oh, I don't know. I guess, well, the Big Bang, because obviously there's like scientific evidence for that. <laughs> right. That, but then... what, do, do, do you know that scientific evidence? Have you ever seen it? Well, yeah, we learned about it in physics. I don't know. I didn't gather um, it personally, but, like, we... Well, actually... Hmm. That is the point, though, because how do I know that the information being fed to me is real? I don't know that. But anyway, well, what we learned I, in physics was that, like, um, there's the, the presence of uh, cosmological... Wait, no, cosmic background radiation. No, microwave background radiation, right? Did you learn about that in physics? No. Because uh, in our in our curriculum, we had things like that. We had two pieces of evidence for the Big Bang, and one of them was cosmological redshift. One of them was cosmic microwave background radiation. And basically, um, CMBR, which is cosmic microwave background radiation, right? That is like um, it's like so basically when the when the universe was created, obviously it was like a really high energy event 
because like obviously like the everything's like happening like the, there's those energy right and scientists think like this energy was in the form of gamma waves right um and uh as the universe expands right then the gamma waves get longer their wavelength increases and they become microwaves and scientists have like found these microwaves present so that's like proof that um there were gamma waves back then and that's proof that the universe has expanded from a single point which supports um the idea of the big bang yeah and there's like a, there's a there's a similar um theory with um uh cosmological um redshift which is like basically um when stars move further away from the center of the universe they change color they become more red they like the light from stars becomes red shifted so they look more red um mm. because as the the light waves like travel to expanding space then they also increase increase in uh, wavelength so then um the fact that um stars further away from us are like redder looking than they should mm. be then that like proves that the universe originated in a single point as well so so yeah well there's the evidence so i do believe that the universe started in a big bang but obviously there's the question that like what created the big bang yeah. it's that, yeah obviously people are like oh yeah did god create the big bang yeah i have no idea about that i don't know what happened there <laughs> Bit weird. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> i mean well say scientists figure out in 300 years or whatever and you're around like japanese guesses what it might end up being i'm around 300 years so that'd be pretty sick Imagine I'm like cryogenically frozen. I wish I was. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah I. I, think I mean, we can hack this I know, but it would be so cool if I lived until then. Because, like, no, it kind of sucks knowing that I will never know that, you know? But anyway. You, you might. What do you. Why are you so pessimistic? No, well, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hope that in my lifetime there is. You said 300 years, like... Yeah, like... I'm going to have to be frozen for that. I don't know if technology is going to be there. No, what do you mean? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, see, super intelligence might make... You know, there, there are people trying to solve aging as, like, a health yeah. problem. Yeah. Like, it, you you know. Well, yeah, 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 I've heard of that. Oh, so you're not... You're just, like, you just completely disregarded their efforts when... About no, life. I'm just not really confident they're gonna finish it in my lifetime. No, but imagine this, right? Imagine the, the day after I die, like, <laughs> like the anti-aging technology comes out. That'd be so sad. Yeah, exactly. Be so funny. Um, yeah, there's anyway. always gonna be a last person. Huh? There's always gonna be a last person. Oh my god! Imagine that'd be so depressing. Anyway, wait. So what was the, what was the question to begin with? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, like th- three hundred years in the future. Or whatever. That's a completely made-up number. They find yeah. out how the universe is made. What are your guesses? My guesses. Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess um, in the beginning, everything was just like I don't know. There's just a little dot. But where the little dot of this stuff <laughs> come from? Like the little dot just went like pew, and then that was the universe. But then, what created the little dot? I don't know. I really don't know. Because... Maybe the little dot expanded from a much smaller dot. Oh my god, yeah, but where'd the much smaller <laughs> dot come from? I don't know. I don't know. And when did it start? Because time goes back, like, infinitely, as far as we know. So, like, I don't know. Or what this one big loop? Imagine it's one big loop. That'd be such a sick theory. Like, the universe gets to a point, and then it all it starts going back in again. That'd yes. be so funny. 
<laughs> and then and then it goes out again. What if it's just like going like this? Like, Maybe this is like your thirteenth billion iteration of you being Yeah. Alive. Oh my god. No, yeah, that'd be so cool. But I don't know. Other than that, I have like no guesses because time, time just like keeps on going. So I don't know, like when the hell did it all start and what happened before that? You know, because if it keeps going back, then what is there? So yeah, I don't know. But I guess if they were like, yeah, okay, God did it, then I'd be like, oh, okay, and I'll probably start worshiping God really. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, there's really no other explanation, I guess. Well, that we can comprehend. So I don't know. It'd be really cool to know, though. Oh my god. If if scientists do find on like you know when they break apart the sun and take apart the atoms at its very center and zoom into them on a microscope and find tattooed into the very, you know, like, electrons made by God, TL. <laughs> like that's pretty conclusive evidence. That'd be so funny. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how they're going to prove it otherwise. Like, how else do you find God other than he wrote his name on everything he made? Yeah. <laughs> but all right, okay. Do you think there are aliens? Jeez, do I think there are aliens? Ooh. Well, actually, well, yeah, but it's, it's just... It's weird and stigmatized to call them aliens, right? Because when people exactly. are like aliens, they're like, well, well, yeah, because when people think aliens, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, those really weird things in movies and stuff with the big eyes and they're really weird looking and stuff. Like, when you look at them like they're movie aliens, that kind of, that make that like, kind of like, um, it primes you to think it's not really possible because it ju it's just so, so weird to imagine, right? But in actuality, obviously, it's like really, really likely that there are other life forms. In our like in our universe because of the the sheer size of it and mm. how like I mean everything is possible it's 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 so so like it's so unimaginably unlikely that we are the only planet in the entire universe that is inhabitable to um life life um I was gonna say life species life forms yeah because sure really specific needs need to be met but obviously due to the size of the universe the sheer size of it like it's it's huge it's fucking massive you know then like obviously there's going to be at least one other place where an alien is um so i feel like we'll probably never actually come into contact with aliens but they definitely exist they definitely exist it's just they're so far away that we can't perceive them and we probably never will um because of the expanding nature of the universe we'll never be able to reach them because the space keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger so it's just an unreachable goal um yeah <laughs> so maybe they exist but we won't see them probably wow they definitely exist you know it's interesting um do, do you know what observable universe means yeah yeah oh what oh like um well it's it's the distance to which we can uh observe things in it <laughs> like see things like telescopes and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it's because, like, the speed of light is the fastest thing or something, and we can never make yeah. ships faster than the speed of light. Like, people yeah, think. yeah. So then, like, no matter what, we can just never go out past the observable universe. Which yeah, is exactly. Imagine exactly. if they're just exactly. outside it. Wait, but what if? Oh wait, no. I was gonna say, what if we we like we got humans that didn't die and put them in a spaceship? But I just realised that spaceship still isn't gonna be able to catch up with anything, is it? That's the yeah. whole point. No, that's so sad. No, that's so sad to think about because yeah. I want to know all of it, but I can't. Oh well. <laughs> I mean, I I do know one physicist who thinks that they might be able to break the 
I've seen like articles I think or something like that saying that there was like a weird like engine being produced that could be fast faster than light mm. I don't know yeah that's that sounds really cool if that's if that's like really a thing then that's like really exciting because it's like it's so it's kind of crushing to think that we might like never know like everything that's going on in the universe because obviously a natural human trait is like curiosity and the, the mm. thirst for knowledge so like if we can't fulfill that then that's just a bit that's a bit sucky you know it is <laughs> yeah. a bit sucky but like <laughs> next question what values do you think are most important oh wait i think this is one of the ones i have in my notes Ew. wait no i don't have this one in my notes never mind because <laughs> i'm pretty sure the question you sent me was like oh yeah what are your like core beliefs and that's wait so wait so what was the question so what, what values do you think are most important what values do you think are most important hmm that's kind of hard well i guess you could probably you could probably tie that into your purpose in life right because if um the purpose of values is to I don't know, improve the quality of life, then I suppose the values you're going to want are um, probably empathy, right? Because, um, <laughs> yeah, because because if you're going to, um, if you're going to make an impact on the earth, right, you need to impact other people, maybe help other people to be happy, you know? Um, I think, yeah, okay, so in terms of, like, the meaning of life, I'd say it's to probably either like help the the goal of the human race which is to the the pursuit of knowledge right and well, uh, that's established yeah exactly yeah the, the the pursuit of knowledge um is uh like yeah that's that's the, the probably the goal of humans so if you're if you're helping that then um that is like the meaning of life probably like as ah. a species okay right. yeah um or like to to help the survival of the human race that's another another goal of the species. So that if um, if you can do that, then I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with the values, but still, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, however, if you if you don't want to do either of those things for the species, if you want to personally have a goal in life, I think um, a good goal is to try and make as many people as uh, as happy as possible. You know. So if you're going to achieve that, then some good values, obviously, are um, empathy, kindness, generosity, all that stuff, you know. So I think, I think obviously, those are, those are kind of like cookie-cutter, like, basic values, but mm. they, are, they are good to have if you want to do, if you want to achieve something, I guess, yeah. If you want to leave a good legacy, then you need to improve loads of people's lives. So, yeah. Are you honest? Am I, am I honest? Yeah not all the time <laughs> i don't know because actually the thing is right you can either perceive your your um life purpose as uh make as many other people's lives as good as possible or make my own life as good as possible <laughs> right mm. i've got a mixture of the two going on because i am i'm not completely selfless obviously i'm i'm a little bit selfish so i'm not always honest um, well, I think being dishonest could probably help the first uh, purpose too, because being dishonest could uh, stop other people from getting offended, I guess. And uh, however, on the other hand, being dishonest for your own gain, <laughs> I do sometimes do that. Um, uh -oh. Not not like not like that. Not like 
to a massive scale. I mean, like, no, I didn't have a scoop of your ice cream that you left in the fridge or anything like that, like, you know? Oh, so, man. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, like, perfectly honest, but um, I try to be as honest as possible when um, I'm talking to people, like, about them. Like, if we're discussing something, like, important, then I give, like, my true feelings about it. And I don't know, I really like sharing my honest opinion um, and having, like, really, like, deep conversations with people and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I try to be honest. I, I'm definitely trying to be empathic. I'm really empathic because, like, just now I was like, oh, no, this poor wombs, you know? <laughs> this poor womb? There's this poor wombs, innit? Wombs? What are you talking about? Wombs, when we were talking about ink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if, I, if I can empathise with some wombs, then I could probably empathise with, like, any human, right? <laughs> hmm, maybe. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have that for you, I'm pretty sure. I, I have pretty good empathy, yeah. Huh. I see. If someone wanted to get more empathy, what would you recommend for them to do? Um, well, I guess uh, what you want to do is, like, get used to, like, actually, like, imagining yourself in other people's shoes. Like, literally just, just like, forcing yourself to. Because, like, I guess, well, that's kind of what, what empathy is. You're just, like, putting yourself in the situation and feeling how, like, you would feel if you were them, right? So if, if say, for, for example, someone got, like, robbed, right, you'd be like, oh, what if this was my house? What if this, I got robbed? How would I feel? Mm. And then, yeah. And, like, or if you're, like, arguing with someone and you're like, oh, if someone's saying the same thing to me, how would I feel? Then that, that's, like, a really, really good place to start if you want to get more um, empathic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just asking yourself questions, and then you naturally start doing it um, without prompting, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I, I would like to add that, like, say, say you know, you say something to someone and they get offended, and then you ask, oh, how would I feel? And then you think, oh, if someone said X offensive statement to me, I wouldn't yeah. mind. <laughs> but, like, that's not what you're supposed to think, right? You're supposed to think... How would I feel if I minded if people said excess? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think. Well, I think you need to kind of, if you're already a logical thinker, I think what you uh, you should do is like consider them and their circumstances specifically, and like consider like factor in how that like affects it. You know, because you're not just like, oh yeah, me, I where I am right now, I'm not offended by this because obviously that's not specific to them, and as as well as like as well as factoring in like the, the things you can tell um affect how they feel about it you should also factor in the hypotheticals because obviously not everything is on the surface so what you should do is ask yourself oh is this person going through something in private that i don't know about that makes it worse for them maybe i should consider that and be uh more tactful and gentle to them and and stuff like that you know just you can be considerate that way just by um considering the hypotheticals so yeah if you're a logical person and you struggle to think um emotionally then you can you can you can tackle it in a systematical way or systematic way, um, just by you know going through possibilities and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there like any point where you became interested in logic and being rational and stuff like that? All right. Oh well. Um. I don't know. That's, that's a pretty hard question, I guess. Uh. I just. I don't know. No, because the thing is, I'm really emotional, but then I also really do, like, I like, like, pure fact at the same time. Probably, it's probably just um, when I started getting, like, really interested in, like, knowledge and learning, then I was like, oh, yeah, 
I, I want to look at what is what is real, what is tangible, what is like factual, factual and stuff like that. Like yeah. I really want to like get down to like what is like real, you know, what is like not debatable, like actually like correct, you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and what did um, what got you into learning? Got me into I don't know. No, I just I don't know. Probably just from birth, I was just naturally like curious, you know. Really. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's just natural for a person to want to know things. Maybe not everyone is so enthusiastic, but if you're already, like, if you're already pretty intelligent and you, you see how much there already is and you think about the potential, then, like, that's, like, really alluring, you know? Like, once you start thinking about the potential, you're going to want to know a lot more. That's what I think. I don't know about everyone else. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> my general theory is that everyone grows up like thirsty to learn and then they get screwed because they're oh yeah for yeah that's true yeah I, actually yeah i think that too no because kids are naturally curious i guess it's like that the way they're parented that might crush that out of them because maybe they get like criticized criticized for asking questions um or something like that and it, it makes them stop wanting to know things i guess or like they maybe they feel comforted in like ignorance, you know, like ignorance is bliss. Obviously, they they don't mm. want to know things because they don't want to worry about things. Um, yeah, so maybe that can stop them feeling feeling satisfied by knowledge. Hmm. Do you like your parents? Do I like my parents? Ooh, that's a fun question. I hope I hope my door is closed. <laughs> well, kind of. I uh, I I mean I like my dad. He he's similar to me. As in, like, he likes knowledge, he is curious, and he, he's the one who, like, taught me um, a lot of the things uh, I knew as a child. Okay. Like, he, he told me, like, loads of things about science and stuff like that, and that, I guess that probably is why I still have my curiosity and other people don't, because yeah. they actually... Because maybe, like, these children asked questions and they were just... They were, they were treated like it was nonsense and their parents didn't have an answer or something like that but my parents a lot of the time had an answer so obviously that made me want to know more and nowadays when i ask questions to my parents um they can't answer it because they they don't know which kind of sucks but yeah. oh oh <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <a person>. yeah <laughs> nice yeah. how come they do science stuff was it just like general knowledge like oh it was, it was just knowledge? general knowledge when i was a kid i was like whoa this is so crazy but like as an adult it's like it's like basic knowledge but um yeah knowing that stuff like that basic knowledge when i was a kid i was like wow i feel so smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so my, my dad's like that and then um so while my dad was like all like science and stuff my mum my mum uh got a degree in like english literature or something like that so oh. if i was reading a book and i ever needed to know what a word meant i could ask her and she would know so that that's probably why like i've i've kept that size of uh, my curiosity as well like i'm not purely logical science maths you know i also like um artistic things um because yeah so i guess it's all to do with your parenting probably uh but yeah also at the same time i don't like my parents because they're kind of mean <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i do i do appreciate the fact that they've um they've uh like entertained all of my questions and kept me curious about the world and stuff like they didn't just crush that as a kid which is yeah i i like that but i guess i feel like as i got older i think my dad might have gotten more like ridiculing than when i was a kid um but because when i was a kid 
I was encouraged to ask questions. Then that made me more rebellious when my dad started um, being like nasty. Oh, when I, was, I yeah. was so lucky. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, if I were just if I were raised that way the entire time, I probably wouldn't have the strength to like rebel against him or anything like that. I'd probably just all go with it, and I'd be, I'd be having a, a terrible time, you know. So I mean, I'm glad for I'm glad for that part in my life where I got to ask my questions and have them all answered and stuff. It really is terrifying how easy it is for your soul to be broken in. Like, even if your dad had done it in the opposite order, right? Like, he was born yeah. and ridiculely when you were young and then eager to learn when you were older. It would be too late. Yeah, no, yeah, because I feel like if he tried to teach me things when I was older, I just feel like he was, like, forcing it on me, probably, because, I mean, I, I would already have my curiosity crushed, I wouldn't be asking it myself. It'd more feel like he was like maybe forcing a profession on me or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I, I think it's like a really scary, like how much of an effect like parents have on their children and how they turn out, you know? Cause basically your entire personality comes from your experiences as a child. And obviously since you spend most of your time with your family as a child, it's, it's your parents that determine that, you know? So like, just cause you have bad parents, you might end up like really damaged when you're older. Like that's a really scary idea isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and to me, this relates like very strongly to the sentiment you were saying about wanting to find stuff that's actually true and not debatable and stuff. I yeah. feel like, you know, the lottery of where you're born is like entirely, entirely, entirely 100% outside of your control whatsoever. Yeah. You have no influence at all in the slightest yeah. of what parents you get, what country you're in, where you're born and stuff. But then they're going to tell you things that are true, you know, support some things, punish some things, screw up your brain, make you believe some things are good, some things are bad. Yeah. And then you end up an adult with these things. And it's like, I want to not be a result of that random yeah, lottery yeah. that's entirely out of my control. Well, yeah, that makes so much sense. No, yeah, because... Yeah, that's why that's why I want to know what's like true because so many people are just affected by so many biases, and it's just so much more relieving to rely on something that, like, I mean, it's like something I can trust, like something that that isn't affected by other people and like prejudice or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like do, do you, yeah. <laughs> do you know about the scientific method? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, like. Oh yeah, like get get things like peer reviewed, have the controls, all that stuff, like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, do you yeah, know I find that stuff cool. cool. I really want to like conduct my own investigations, but I don't know what they'd be on yet. Uh, I don't think I have like the capability to control things. Like that'd be oh. so cool if I could find stuff like that out for myself. Are you using control in the sense of like actually control variables? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that is the trickiest bit out of all of it. But I would also like yeah, to do true. experiments. And yeah, no, yeah, it's it's really hard to control so many variables because obviously there there are like there are millions of variables in life. So if you're gonna find out maybe like a a sociological fact, that's probably like the hardest co- to find control variables for because like just humans are just so different, you know. What's sociological? Sociological, <laughs> what well, like to do with society, you know? Oh. Like societal issues that like because sorry, <laughs> that was a bit of a start. Yeah, because like societal issues are way harder to find like a solid fact for like obviously it's really subjective right because because it's all based on like emotion and opinion and stuff like that you know 
So if you're going to find like empirical evidence, like like statistics and stuff, that um, proves a certain thing true, then that's that's um, that'll like help a lot. Um, but I mean, there might be some things that like can't be determined by statistics in society. And like, how are you going to find the truth then, really? Because it's going to be way harder to control separate like people and their opinions than um, control just like numbers or anything like that. You know? I do actually think that. You can put numbers on these things. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like e- even the stuff that you might think you can't put numbers on. I think you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, th- I found like that, that like really cool. That's like really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are like there are like loads of like conflicting studies about like, uh, like socio ecological, eco, ec- no, socio economical, um, uh, like statuses and stuff like that. Right. Like. Like the other day, I was like looking up like um, how many people in in Britain are working class, and there are like loads. <laughs> of... <laughs> I was just wondering. Yeah, there there are, there are like loads and loads and loads of different studies that all say like different things because it's just really really hard to to like not be biased um, when it's something to do with like people because there's so many variables with people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really hard to like get down to the truth with that sort of stuff. When it comes to like society and like the like i don't know how, i don't know how to describe it like like just with just with people stuff with people and like um the the like social status and stuff like that it's, it's really hard to determine with numbers it's a lot harder to, to determine with numbers than uh things like like with like chemistry you know like when you do when you do um an experiment in chemistry you've got like your masses uh mm-hmm. your concentrations all that stuff that's all like that's defined that's really like set that's really easy to control but it's very different with people obviously because like there's so many more variables because um with people obviously you can't you can't um determine everything well i mean it's really hard to determine everything with a number obviously because i mean like people have like personalities you can't give personalities numbers really you know it's hard to like classify them and because i mean the, the brain is just so diverse like you can't you can't put every single thing in a category wow. in like millions of people as well so yeah <laughs> it I just mean, be you know, what... know things like for fact stuff like that yeah yeah but you know what's fun about the brain because yeah. like you know we are brains they're like <laughs> the most complex thing that we found anywhere in like the entire universe right like yeah. we understand basically everything except how our own brains work. And it's interesting because yeah. if we were simpler, then we would be dumber and then it would be harder for us to understand them. So it's sort of like a yeah. funny too, right? But I think like, you know, eventually you'll understand brains more, right? Yeah. You know, science as a machine will just take on and then we'll understand more and more and more and more. And wouldn't mm. it be so exciting when we know exactly how brains <laughs> work? No, that'd be so cool. But at the same time, there'll be like so many like ethical questions raised because like once we know how brains work, obviously we're gonna try and introduce technology to like change how they work and stuff like that. Oh. And like, like, like scientists might like be able to erase memories or something, uh, um, or like change how <laughs> and stuff. You know? <laughs> oh wait, yeah. If you know how, if you know exactly how brains work, then you can erase memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, ha- having that, people, like, the wrong people having that knowledge could be, like, really scary and really, like, detrimental to the human race. But the knowledge itself, it's, like, that's so, 
that's such a satisfying thing to have. Like, <sighs> I I want to be alive to know that sort of stuff. Yeah, and um, I bet you you want to know my estimate for when we figure out all the secrets of the brain. How many years it will take? How many? Three hundred and one years. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I don't know, but I I feel like society might like go backwards again because you know like with the library of alexandria you know vaguely like a massive egyptian library that got destroyed yeah yeah, yeah. because there was there was so much knowledge in that one library there's so much knowledge on like engineering technology science all that stuff and it, it set it set humans back like decades but like centuries even oh. like and if, if something like that happens now like some massive crisis that sets back all of our all of our research then oh my god that'd be so bad i'd be so angry i don't know if i'd be alive for that but i'd be so angry if i knew you know because it might take really really long in fact the the human race might even die out before we find out because um maybe because of the the ecological crisis or something you know yeah yeah (laughs) Can, can you imagine if wikipedia was deleted Oh my god, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, we could, we could lose an entire archive of information, and then, like, what do we do then? Literally, we have to get it all back. So we'd be, we'd be set back, like, yeah, we'd be set back centuries. So we might not, we might not ever know exactly how the brain works before the human race just dies out. Huh. So yeah, that's very sad. That's probably worst-case scenario. Yeah, I think people think there are a lot of ways that humanity can die out in the next 100 years. What do you think are the possible ways? Um, well, oh, that's this is interesting. Okay, so the most, the most notable way is probably from, like, the environmental crisis, right? Like, yeah, there's going to be global warming that has um, a, a detrimental impact uh, um, to people's lives um, because, I don't know, people, people will die of just overheating or people will drown, um, or people will just die of natural disasters. Um, so that might wipe out the human race. Um, but I guess if we get to like Mars and colonize that, then I guess the human race could keep on going. Um, yeah. Do you know uh, about Elon Musk's mission? Oh yeah, I do. And uh, I don't know. It's I'm so I have really really mixed feelings about it because obviously um, it's cool to to have progress to to be able to go there right but at the same time if you're gonna privatize it and make like poor people's lives a living hell then that's like really scary imagine you have to like pay to get a ticket to mars or something like that and all the poor people are just like stopping us dying and all the rich people are the ones on mars Mm. yeah like bringing capitalism into science makes it less pure and i don't know just just less ethical because capitalism is based on one person getting ahead of other people um, so if you bring that into the human race's like mission of like survival, then that's like completely unethical because you're gonna have some people um, who are who are treated drastically worse than the other people at the top. Like have because you... it... sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, no, because what? Oh uh, well, it, it scares me. It scares me that um, that that um, that like this your survival on mars could be based on like how much money you have you know because elon musk is obviously gonna privatize it instead of having it be public and like a basic human right to be able to move to mars and not die you know 
So it mm. might just be all the four people are doomed, which sucks. So that scares me. But have I do like watched... the idea of the progress. Yeah. You know? Have you watched Big Mouth? No. Oh. Ah. Oh. Well, there's an episode <laughs> where only rich people can escape, you know, and die now. Um, yeah. I, I thought that would have been in your head, but I guess that's a parody mm-hmm. of the very real fear which you're describing. Yeah. To the extent that I understand Elon Musk's mission, I think it's just like to get it technologically viable. Like, I think it's not yeah. technologically viable to go to Mars now at all. Like, I don't think even the richest people can go, I think. I don't know. I'm, I hope you don't get to live in the right yeah i know yeah i mean obviously like the the ability itself to go to mars is like excellent it's just it's obviously just the ethical things surrounding that because yeah if we yeah we can go to mars hooray but then you can't go because you're poor (laughs) like that's so sad so obviously i'm like wow yeah good job elon 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 for like making it possible but then also bad job for boxing a bunch of people's lives like you know hmm. i mean okay well but there are a ton of interesting things happening this century uh are you like do you have any particular feelings towards the fact that you were born in this century as opposed to Ooh. any other time that's interesting that's really interesting i don't know i think it's uh probably as far as i'm aware it's a pretty good time to be alive I don't know. Well, the future isn't looking good, but right now it's pretty alright, I guess. Obviously, apart from the pandemic, but I mean, hopefully, we're gonna be over that soon. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, don't, I just don't mention the pandemic. You're gonna date this. There are gonna be people listening to this on Mars in the years two thousand three hundred and two, <laughs> and they're gonna. Oh my god! And this that. could be like historic. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Imagine and, and like, you just people, like history classes are like analyzing what you're saying. That'd be so funny. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> there are a ton of other like you know. A million videos being uploaded to YouTube. Yeah, with much higher quality. No, there are way more there. sources that are probably way better, but yeah, it's so a bit worse. That'd be so funny. Maybe yeah, study um... me or you. Maybe maybe either one of us are famous. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be great. Wait, what was we gonna say? Wait. Uh, Wait, what were we talking about? Born, being born. Oh yeah, century. being born this century. Right. No, I think it's pretty good because of the fact that, like, we have. I mean, we have, like, laptops and stuff, and we have, like, phones and stuff. Like, that's pretty fun. That's a yeah. pretty cool thing to have. Like, we can we can join, like, basically any community around the world that we want from our houses, which is a really cool thing, like, as a species to to be able to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. To, like, as a species, to be able to communicate with other members of the species, like, all around the world. Like, that, that massive... that Like, that's so cool. Like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. So it's really, really good that we're capable of that. And also that other technological advancements in just like, in like science and stuff um, that makes lives um, a lot better. Like the, your quality of life is obviously improved by um, how much technology is available. So I'd say right now is, is a good time for that. But if we're, if we're talking like, like now until the end of my life, whether it's, it's a good life to live, I'd say probably the, the ideal, like, decades to live between i like i don't know probably depending on the person because if you're like gay obviously you'd get like like something right yeah um i guess living living between like the 80s and 
2018 season? It's like 100. Maybe that'd be good. Maybe that'd be pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Wait, yeah. that, how? So I'd probably. I'd be like 2100, probably. Oh my god, imagine that. That'd be so cool. 2100. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Because the thing is, things are going to shit really, really fast. So I don't know if those 20 years are really going to make a difference. But I feel like the next few decades, maybe the next four decades, aren't going to be that great in terms of quality of life. I feel like the climate crisis is going to get drastically worse really, really fast. And it's not going to be very pleasant at all. But right, right now I'm comfortable. Right now I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty all right. But I'm scared for what's going to happen when I'm older, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll be dead before then. And maybe I'll have like a like a pretty good like 40, 40 year life. 2005 to like 2045 nothing bad would have happened yet maybe <laughs> i don't know be yeah. Cool. but yeah so i think i think this is a pretty good time to live um like i mean if we're speaking like like these few years specifically it's a good time to live but if we're if we're talking like lifetimes then i don't i don't really think it is i don't know because something bad's gonna go wrong something, something's gonna happen like maybe the armageddon or something yeah is the reason why you said the 80s might be better is because like you would live to see the internet develop oh wait yeah no i think that's pretty cool that's true yeah um i mean i got to like use like the original ds and i thought that was really cool like if i ever see one of those again i'll probably like melt from nostalgia or something like yeah i know i and i mean i kind of already we kind of already like grew up with the internet but like if you were to see it develop from like when computers yeah. were like how like the size of a room like that is really cool um mm. But I guess I feel like being socialized with technology might be better because now we're a lot more used to it than maybe like old older people are and stuff. So we can like better utilize it. And um, I feel like if you're a teenager and you're like, like being a teenager is one of you at the most sociable stages of your life. So if you if you get to use social media during that, then I think that's that's a, a massive that's a massive advantage to being uh, born around now. Interesting. Yeah, because if you're like a 40 year old on TikTok, that's just a bit weird. <laughs> Isn't it? Tell that to my science teacher. <laughs> um, I am tempted to debate that statement. But, debate? Ooh. But more interestingly. Oh, yeah, much more interestingly <laughs> is I would say that, like, you know being born in the internet probably one of the downsides is that you can't really appreciate it since you're just you know in it your entire life like yeah. you know that people live oh wait, yeah that's true two, that's two true you can't be like grateful for it because you, yeah. you don't know what it's like not having it so you can't think of it comparatively yeah but then you know what i'm confused about you know what's caught me off guard the way you're speaking about it is like you lived when it wasn't around like what well, you were saying earlier <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I use, I was like born, like, I remember using like golden age sort of piece of technology, like Windows XP. I feel like that's kind of like golden age, you know, or as I think that was a pretty good era for technology. Um, yeah, well, my, my computer downstairs still has, still has Windows XP. I feel like oh. if you like used, if you used like, um, what's it called? An ethernet cord. If you um had like uh internet explorer if you um had to wait ages for your computer to boot up then that's like really like cultured stuff you know 
that's like that's like that's like <laughs> good in like pop culture terms, you know. Um, so maybe it wasn't like the start of the internet, but it was like major parts of the internet that like um really like characterized some people's childhood childhoods, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I think it's really cool to okay. have the experience. Like literally the first yes, I use the first yes. Like pe- like kids nowadays have not used the first yes, and that's like a really that's a really weird concept, you know. Like I mean. It's just cool, like, to the use thing. the first one, so, yeah. <laughs> I see, okay. Um, hmm. What's your relationship with social media? Um, well, I think it is, mm, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, because, I mean, like, I think it's inherently, like, really, really, like, good, but, um, in certain social situations, it's like really abused because the social hierarchy uh, is like affected by like specific etiquette used on social media. Basically, like like there's some really weird like fake ways to act on the internet that are just like common common etiquette now. If you're like one of the popular kids or whatever, you know, like if you're new to the internet, then you just like do whatever. You don't know what goes. You don't know what the like secret hidden rules are. But if you're like if you're like really experienced in using the internet then obviously you know like oh yeah you shout people out on their birthdays um you don't you don't overshare about your life you don't post every little thing you eat or whatever like people used to do stuff like that you know now they're like they're like social rules for using social media and whether you understand them and, and adhere to them can affect your social life um in person as well so it's kind of it's kind of bad in that way because uh it it takes some time to get used to and if you've been like deprived of social media for like like early parts of your life maybe like in like like in year seven i wasn't allowed any social media um but i don't think i was allowed any until like the beginning of year 10 and so when i did get on social media i was like Yeah, I know. No, it was like it was like summer holidays in like year nine. I was only then allowed like Instagram and before I had a couple like secret accounts, so thankfully I wasn't too inept at it. But mm. I was just I was a little bit cringy when I used social media just because I wasn't experienced with it. And then that ends up coming back to haunt me because I've got like a friendship account with um with Amal, right? And we both want to delete it because it's really embarrassing, but we can't because we both forgot the password. So huh. So yeah, so um, uh, so yeah, social media can be a tool for like enforcing social hierarchy, which is kind of sucky. But at the same time, it's it's excellent because it allows you to um be a part of a community if you can't find one uh, in person. Like if you feel really isolated in your school, you can always seek refuge in friends you made online. Like I know a lot of people who do that because they don't get uh along with anyone in their immediate uh, vicinity so they can um they can find anyone online to um help them get through the day you know oh man i wish i could have known about this two years ago huh <laughs> i wish i could have known about this two years ago <laughs> do you like often call people you meet on social media hmm? do you call people you meet on social media or do you only speak through text? Oh no, yeah, we we call a lot as well. I've I've um, I've called, yeah, like loads of people from like England. For some reason, I always make like social media friends with people in England. Like, well, obviously, like if it weren't for Instagram, I probably wouldn't be friends with Twitter. Like, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now, right? Yeah. 
And we're on a call right now. Yeah, and I've, huh. I've, called, I've called, like, Pluto and all that a lot. And I've also called these people from, like, I don't know what's called. It's someplace in England beginning with W. It's like... Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. W, sure, something like that. <laughs> like, Worcester sauce or whatever. Yeah, I think. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess... Yeah, and, like, loads, loads of people with internet friends call each other as well. And I've, I've even actually, like went on call with people from like America and stuff like that and made uh, internet friends there and stuff. And it's just, yeah, you can find real friends like continents away from you. It's like, mm. it's really good. Yeah. Especially um, if you want to develop your social skills as well. It was useful for me because in becoming a bit more bold on social media, like talking to people that I don't normally talk to, it also made me more confident uh, interacting with people in real life. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Because, yeah, because... Like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, I want to ask this person a question. I want to pop up on their story and say it, but it might look a bit weird. But I'm like, okay, well, who cares? Why not? Just go for it. And then I make a new friend. And I'm like, wow. And it makes me feel so much better. And I'm like, yeah. And now I can do that in real life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so social media is really good in terms of um, finding friends. Yeah. <laughs> what about just... social media addiction? Ooh, social media addiction. Hmm, yeah, okay. Well, I think... Social media addiction probably happens when, like, social media takes over, like, what's real, you know? So, obviously, you can make friends online, um, uh, yeah, and you can make friends in real life, but if your friends online kind of, like, hinder your ability to keep your friends in real life, then it's, it's an addiction. Like, if you have a dependence on it, it's an addiction. Right. So, I mean, some people might only be able to make friends online. And in that case, I suppose the like the addiction is kind of like plausible. Um, but I guess maybe it can stop you from uh, taking opportunities in real life, though, because obviously times change. And even if you don't like a bunch of people in one setting, you might like people in another setting. So if you're dependent on all your friends from social media, then you might be too comfortable in that um uh, making friends on social media, and you might not um, advance to making more friends in real life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it, it could stunt some people's um, uh, social abilities because because um, they only have confidence talking to people online. For me, thankfully, it, it, it made me more confident in person too, but for those with um, an addiction to the internet, it's going to make them less likely to step out of their comfort zone in real life because they feel like they don't have to, even though... Um, making friends in real life is uh, probably a lot more beneficial. I am very curious, though, just about, like, the normal addiction of checking it, like, a hundred times a day. Oh, yeah. Does, does, oh, does that right. do you? Yeah, actually, no, I see what you mean, because um, I feel like my attention span might have gotten, like, drastically shorter than it used to be. I don't know. Uh, it might have been this short originally, but... Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was social media that did that to me because now I get kind of I get bored really, really easily, unless I have multiple things going on at once. Um, then yeah, my mind like wanders and I can't I can't stick to things. Thankfully, I'm I'm kind of paying attention now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of a miracle I've I've managed to talk for this long. Um, huh. But like uh, when I'm when I'm doing things on my phone and on my computer, what I normally do is I have a YouTube video on my computer and then I go on my phone at the same time. So I'm doing so many things that when I try and att attempt a normal task, like 
in real life, like a practical task, then it gets really like boring. Like I need to be overwhelmed. Like my senses need to be overwhelmed and stimulated constantly. Otherwise I get bored like immediately, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing you don't go on like quiet walks? Okay, no, I don't go <laughs> I don't go on quiet walks. Um, I have some with people because then those those people like offer me stimulation themselves, so that helps me be less bored, right? If, I, I find it like incredibly hard to hang out like by myself. Like if I go somewhere by myself, I get bored. I just want to go home and overwhelm my senses again. But if I have other people, it's a lot more bearable, which is which is probably why I like socializing people nowadays. I think maybe before I started being good at socializing with people, I could hang out with myself and entertain myself a lot easier. Like. Nowadays, I can't sit down and do an activity without, like, maybe listening to music at the same time or watching something at the same time because I, I don't feel like it's enough. Like, I'm not putting enough activity into one um, one bit of time, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I think social media might have had that effect on me. I might have been like that before social media. That I, There's not much way in there because I can't really remember, but I feel like it'd be reasonable to assume that social media has um, worsened that for me. So, yeah. <laughs> interesting do you read books oh yeah i do read books and actually my i mean i don't know how i managed to read books but sometimes yeah. i get like really sometimes i get really into them i get really involved i guess i guess it's just because if i'm reading a book and it tells me what to hear and what to see then i hear and see them and that's enough stimulation oh, um, but if i'm if i'm not into a book enough to do those things then i need other stimulation like sometimes i listen to music while i read books <laughs> it's like with lyrics yeah yeah bad, bad. <laughs> bit of a, a madman like it's it can be like really distracting when i do that as well i don't know why i do it to myself um but i just, i guess i just can't stand being bored so i have to layer things on top of each other and stuff like that um yeah so if i if i'm not into a book enough to picture and hear things then I get really bored and end up looking at my phone over and over instead of reading. Yeah. Okay. I'm very curious. Can you tell me what are some of the best books you've read? Some of the best books I've read. Ooh. That's that's really hard because I've like I don't remember many of the books I read. Sometimes I read them and just forget I read them. I like oh, forget yeah. I read them. However, right now I'm rereading this book One Day by David Nichols, right? I don't know if you heard of it. Well no, it's it's a book you haven't heard it? No. No. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's a romance book, and it's not like some cheesy, like weird. Oh, everything is perfect. Blah blah. Sex. Yeah. All that. Like sort of um romance book. It's like, it's really like specific and realistic. Like it goes into so much detail about the the two people's lives. Huh. That yeah. It's it's like really really good. It seems like so personal to them. So many specific details. So real. Like it's so so realistic. It's like it's the best um, written romance book I've ever read or heard of. Um, it's by uh, yeah by David Nichols. He's a really good um, writer because yeah, just every single situation is so tangible because of the amount of detail. It is it could it could have happened in real life. Like it's fiction, but it could have happened in real life. That's how detailed it is. So yeah, he's a really good writer. I really recommend that book. Um, yeah, and it's not all like cheesy and weird. That's very interesting. Yeah. I guess I haven't read a romance in a while. <laughs> I have to read it. Right. Okay. Um, let us both 
wish that the recording is actually on. Question. Let us suppose the wish that the recording is actually on. I think it is. It looks like it's working. I lost my entire interview once with another friend. (laughs) Yeah, it was the worst experience of my life. We've been talking really one and a half hours now. Imagine we lost all of that. Yeah, it would be a big shame. I just have to remember it, and I can't remember stuff. My memory's very, very bad. Okay, so I, I'm guessing this is one of the ones that I gave to you. I don't think I've ever asked this before, so I'm very curious. What mm-hmm. single belief do most of your other beliefs crux on? Oh wait, yeah, this was in my notes. Hold on. So, oh what single God, belief, is... if proven untrue, would result in the biggest ripple effect of all of your other mm-hmm. beliefs? Yeah, I just, my notes are like really, really ugly and disorganized. Hold on. Okay, wait. Um, Very exciting. Oh, wait, I've basically already been over this. It's like, it's a really utilitarianism way of thinking that basically, like, you need to make as many people happy as possible. You know, your actions should, should be based on, like, the maximum amount of happiness, you know. But mm-hmm. actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if I agree with myself because if you're thinking if you're thinking selflessly, obviously you, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I want I want um, as many people to be as happy as possible. If you're thinking selfishly, then you're going to be like, oh no, I want the people closest to me as, to be as happy as possible. Because you might be you might be so detached from like strangers' lives that you would sacrifice some of their happiness for for a loved one's happiness. Um, but I guess I guess in general, if like the, the ideal is that you are selfless and you do take the utilitarianist, uh, utilitarian, utilitarianistic. You take utilitarian. that utilitarian. Uti- oh my god! I keep adding <laughs> so many unnecessary suffixes. Anyway, um, no, yeah, the, the 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 ideal is that you are selfless and you go with the maximum amount of happiness. I think that's that's my belief is that that's the ideal. Even if I can't always do that because um, I care more about specific people, that's how it should be. I should be, yeah, I should care about everyone like equally rather than the people I love the most. You know? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's uh, my main belief. Wait, what else did I write? Wait, yeah, yeah, cause yeah, all my all my political and ethical uh, beliefs are based off of that because obviously, um, I I want to have um a system that allows as many people to be ha- as happy as possible, which is why I don't agree with capitalism because wait no this is I just realized this is why I was looking up statistics on the working class because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because in the UK the working class is the majority, but it's it's the working class that gets like the, the shortest end of the stick because of capitalism, which is why I'm against capitalism. So um, that's why all my beliefs are based off of this um, utilitarianism of, of happiness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So and like my my views were like obviously I support Black Lives Matter because I want Black people to be happy, and obviously I support. Um, being, I'm, I'm against uh, Asian hate crime, obviously, because I want Asian people to be happy. It's, it's all about other people's happiness, which I guess is, is based in empathy, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, my, the, I think probably my, like the most, my most val- valued value is empathy. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Then I have to ask. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow, you find out with 100% certainty that. Everyone else 
is just a bot with no good or bad feelings or anything inside of their head. Just oh, like yeah. robots. <laughs> Everyone is completely unconscious, right? Yeah. So there's no happiness. There's just people looking like they're happy. There's no sadness. There's no suffering. There's just people <laughs> looking like they're sad and suffering. What do I do? If that's there's really no, hard. no one to make happy, what do you do? Oh my god, that's really hard. Okay, so if if my if my purpose to life was not to make people other people happy, I think it just to make me as happy as possible. I'm probably just like have as much fun as I could. Um, but the thing is, I'm pretty sure like other other people like acting happy in this scenario would affect my enjoyment of life. So obviously, I'd still to an extent have to <clears> make other people happy. But um, I'd probably focus a lot more on myself and like how much fun I can have and what I can experience in my lifetime. You know. <laughs> That's really interesting. So you're not like horrified that you know these people have nothing going on inside you just like want them to seem happy well, well yeah because okay so if we if if we're talking like oh yeah oh yeah well if we're in a simulation you know yeah, yeah, yeah basically right if i were in a simulation and i found out i'd be like okay like what does it matter because i'm enjoying <laughs> myself <laughs> because no because i'm having fun in the simulations like it doesn't matter if it's like all real or not because like i mean i don't mind because i like how it's going so far you know this is a fun little simulation like this is good programming man <laughs> so you were just having the time of your life aren't you <laughs> exactly, not, not exactly. <laughs> like sure obviously because of my like pursuit of knowledge or whatever i'd be like okay well what's beyond the simulation but at the same time if i were captain in the simulation and i had no choice to just stay here i'd be like oh okay whatever i'll just have as much fun as i can then like <laughs> Maybe it'd even be kind of like a relief to find out it was a simulation because then I could just like I could act like really selfishly with like no consequences. True. So I could just live like my like the perfect life, like whatever life I wanted because I wouldn't have to uh, like worry about what anyone else was feeling or something like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do that would be super high utility for everyone? You should make yeah. a blog and like write out all of your principles and stuff for happiness. Because like I mean, imagine if you just replaced everyone else with you. Everyone would be at peace and happy with their life and not caring if after they die they come oh, back or not. Just like this true, you know, this true. pumped with life. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know because probably not everyone can have like the the mindset that I have like on a on a, like a survival basis. Like if someone has to act like cold or something to survive, you know, then like they have to, you know. Because I guess, I guess as a human like the the need to survive overrides anything else if i were in a bad situation right now um and i had to do something for my survival but maybe people unhappy i was yeah. like wait would i do it actually no sorry that's a hard question but, okay i don't know maybe maybe i'd expect more of myself and i'd expect myself to you know sacrifice my life for other people but i mean if other people need to like not be chill or whatever to to get by you know then you, you know you can't really blame them for that so uh, it's not really possible to have everyone be all like woo yeah chill and happy and stuff is yeah. there a situation so severe that can make you not chill oh well i mean if i'm like what if i'm like kidnapped and tortured then what do i do i can't just be like wow this is fine like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, would you not say 
this is like my guess, you know, just because I've handled it. Like, no, because, I don't know, because if I think about it now, I'm like, okay, you know, I can deal with that. Oh, like, pain is temporary. That's one of my mottos. Like, if I'm ever oh. sad or anything, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a good part after this. I just have to wait a little bit. I have to be patient, right? But if I'm tortured and I know that I'm going to be tortured until they kill me, then, like, what do I do then? <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as I imagine it now, I'm like, okay, maybe I will be able to deal with it. But that's obviously <laughs> me being really optimistic. Like, if I were actually in that situation under that much stress, I don't think I would be able to keep the same chill mindset. I don't know what I'd do then, you know? <laughs> I guess just wait and see, right? Yeah, I guess having, having like, the chill mindset, being so relaxed about everything, it's kind of, it's like a privilege because I'm not put... I'm not put under enough stress that um, I have to change that mindset, you know. So yeah, if I if I if there were other um, if there are external factors that that um, were affecting me, maybe I wouldn't be able to have this mindset. So obviously, so what I'm saying is like other people who are under stress might not be able to have the same mindset as me. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's really 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 interesting. Hmm. <laughs> you have a like psychological setup that's great for your life but not universal <laughs> that's so cool yeah i don't know maybe something like really bad will happen to me and my entire mindset will change i don't know no like, like what i'm really scared about is like what if i like i grow older i'm like an adult and i'm suddenly like really like boring and i hate everything like that'd be so sad imagine like oh my... it gets so crushed out of me like imagine yeah. it happens at a later stage that'd be so sad yeah at least yeah. i've got it now though i guess <laughs> you, you, you know what i I read a story where that basically happened the other day, where there was like this 12-year-old boy who was just so pumped with life, like he didn't mind at all. He was a lot like you, he was just like, <laughs> vibe, chill, just so happy at everything. Yeah. And then they find out he has brain cancer, and like the tumour is like... Yeah. Stopping the part of his brain that releases like bad chemicals, but with like yeah. no negative side effects. So he's just pumped and he has like six months to live or whatever. Well, he's just like, just fine, just okay. Like, he doesn't mind, he's not scared, he's not worried. So then they go, and they decide to do the operation, right? And it's yeah. a really expensive operation, and the procedure works. So then, the brain cancer is taken out of his brain, but then something else screwy happens to another part of his brain, and all the bad chemicals come, and he's like super depressed and sad, and bored with anything, yeah. and like nothing is rewarding. That's so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's yeah, a I just. Story. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. I'm. I'm just really like worried that I'm gonna become like soulless when I'm older. Obviously, when I'm older and I and like if I am soulless, I probably won't mind because that's part of being soulless. But right now, oh. looking forward, that's the fear that I have. Well, yeah, because. I don't know, if you get like really boring, you're just like, oh yeah, I'm responsible now, I'm no longer childish. I don't want to be like that. Like right now in my like childish kind of state, I don't want to be like that. But when I'm not childish anymore, then I probably won't care, which which is sad. That's so sad to think about. That, that's the terror of desire modification, isn't it? If the things that you yeah. want change, then, you know, it's not bad in the moment, but looking at it from a distance, it's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, but actually, if I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, at the time, I'll be fine with it, then who am I to act like it's not fine? Because I'll be fine eventually anyway, even if it's unacceptable to me now, I will be accepting myself probably when I'm older. So, like, so why do I need to worry? Okay, 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 but here's an alternative that will give you reason to worry. Yeah. Say I flip a switch in your brain. Yeah. And it makes 
all the fun and joy that you get out of everything, that same level of joy, yeah, you can only get it from staring at white walls and eating tunas <laughs> a day or whatever, you know, <laughs> like doing enough to stay alive. But staring yeah. at blank white walls, it gives you the same amount of pleasure, the same amount of joy. Say I'm gonna turn that switch on tomorrow, right? Like, does the same thing you still said still apply? Ooh, no, actually, that's a really good question because I think the difference is that some of the joy of life comes from how you affect other people. Because if I'm staring at a wall and it makes me happy, that's not making anyone else happy. True. And although I won't know it at the time, I know it now, and that just that goes against obviously like my life, my life goal. So. Yeah, so I guess, so I guess it's kind of looking at my future self as if they're like an antagonist because they're going oh. against my beliefs. So I'm like, boo, you suck to like future me, but future me is not gonna care. But then, yeah, but future me will say, "Young me, so embarrassing and dumb and cringe." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When when I'm like, wait, what's I gonna say? Wait, yeah, so. Oh my god. No, I had like a really good point. <laughs> yeah, so well yeah, okay, so basically if I if I look to myself when I'm older and I'm more like dull and sad, I don't make anyone happy anymore. And if I ignore that and be like, Oh, it's fine, I'll be fine when I'm older, it'll be fine. Like if I do that now, then that's like selfish of me and that's like immoral of me now. So if I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't need to worry about that now, then that's that says something about my character now. Um, which I don't want to say, right? So I guess it's reasonable for me to worry worry now because it, it just shows how how much I'm willing to stick to my values, you know, that I'd oppose my future self, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I guess it, it is worth being like, oh, yeah, mm, that would suck, instead of being like accepting that it's going to happen. Because, I mean, at least maybe it won't be inevitable if I, if I look for, like, if I look at it and I'm accepting of it, maybe I'll, I'll just let it happen, like, without a fight. And that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, like, that, like that's like so bad. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't do that, you know. <laughs> it, it feels like accepting it makes it more likely to happen. Yeah, and I feel like this this idea of me being like dull and not childish and responsible that's kind of an idea forced upon people like by society, you know. So, in opposing that future me, I'm like opposing society, which is pretty sexy of me. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because well, yeah, because. It's, yeah, it's just rebelling against society, which is which is also part of my core values because you can't just accept every single thing society tells you as as fact as true and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I was like this just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so that's a core part of my beliefs. So, so I yeah. Wait, what? I can't even remember what the original question was now. <laughs> oh my god, original questions. Oh, um, oh yeah, if your core beliefs were different. Like this what's all the came from that? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Well, hmm. <laughs> I, I also think it's a matter of like you know, self-preservation. Like, mm -hmm. it kind of feels like if I'm saying, right, whatever, in ten years, I'll care yeah. about different things. It's like say, I'm gonna be murdered in ten years. Like, because because I I'm not gonna be like the me here that cares about the things that I care about things is just gonna be gone. And someone else yeah. will be occupying my body and, you know, calling them space as well. But yeah. they won't be caring about the same things that I do now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you look at your future self as if it's a separate person, then you're more likely to be, like, accepting of it, because then you're acting like it's, like, inevitable. But, I mean, if you're if you're just like, oh, yeah, no, that's me, that's me in the future, that I can affect that, then, obviously, you're going to try not to become what you don't want to become. So, yeah, yeah, you should definitely think of it as yourself rather than thinking of it as something that's inevitably going to happen. Because just because it happens to other people doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So just because society... Um, socialises people to become all like dull, boring, have a have a soul crushed out of them. Like I don't have to be like that. I can actively rebel against that. And I feel like I feel like capitalism. <laughs> I'm talking about capitalism again. Capitalism as a system, it, can't, it pushes the life out of you because it forces you to take on responsibilities. Obviously, as you get older, right? So, so if if we say if that's my core cool belief that you you should always have that natural curiosity, then that obviously like my political beliefs crux on that because because capitalism uh is against that value so yeah so that's definitely that those that's definitely a belief that like my other beliefs crux on um yeah <laughs> hmm. <laughs> i think that there is a balance like between allowing your future self to grow and change and wanting your future self to reflect the things that you care about now yeah like you know there are obviously things from when i was 12 that i'm glad i don't do anymore and i'm glad i don't believe anymore well yeah that's true you can't be you can't be resistant to change but at the same time you need to make sure you change in the right direction yeah and you know i think it is i think I, i think it's the meta system like that you use like your meta values the meta things you care about right yeah. like for you it's like you know learning curiosity pursuit of knowledge like yeah. i'm guessing that's not too different from your 12 year old self yeah yeah it's it's not yeah so yeah you need to keep you need to keep your core val- your core values like and you you're like your purpose you have to keep your purpose you don't have to keep all like the embarrassing mannerisms where you're like hee hee i'm a tater, i'm so quirky or whatever like when I was <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah you can you can change just just always keep your empathy don't don't like lose it yeah just don't lose parts of yourself you can change just don't lose parts of yourself basically yeah <clears throat> fascinating this is very enlightening <laughs> all right okay are there any questions that you were particularly looking forward to answering oh uh, um oh gosh let me look through wait oh yeah well yeah you said how does the scope of the universe make you feel and think right oh yeah you, i was yeah, just yeah. i was just gonna I was going to give the same answer, just be like, oh, yeah, I don't really care because I just affect the little part that I'm in or whatever. Like, no, wait, yeah. Oh, I had the kind of good point. I was like, if you think about your life as if you're subservient to the universe, then you're going to get really stressed about existentialism because you're going to be like, oh, no, I'm not doing anything to help the, the universe as a whole. Like, yeah, but like, who cares? You know? <laughs> like, as long as you're affecting your little part of the universe, that's all you need to worry about, really. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that took a second. Yeah. Oh my God, so much. Oh yeah, and you asked me about like the Holocaust. Like, but what what am I meant to say about that? Like, oh yeah, it was bad, isn't it? <laughs> like, I you wrote like my note was Holocaust bad, and like that's it. I moved on to the next one. Cool. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> um, I was saying, I think you might have asked me the rest. Wait, no, was it was the person? that um wait you admire the most that, yeah the yeah. person that you admire the most right yeah yeah who is it so, okay well 
than me, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I'm impressed by like anyone who's written a novel because like it I takes do. so much effort, right? Like it takes so much effort to get like published and stuff. Yeah, it, it like takes so much concentration to like write that much, edit mm. it all. Because like, I've written, I've tried writing like a first draft for a book and it's like so much effort. Like imagine concentrating for that long. So I'm mm. like really impressed by anyone who can do that. And also my friend Ethel, she is so nice. She is so kind, you know, she's like a lot more selfless than I am. And she's always just really, really, really nice. And she's funny. Um, yeah, so I feel like she she might actually adhere to my values more than I adhere to Oh, my that's values. amazing. That's great. That means yeah. you have someone you can emulate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, yeah, so I'm, like, really impressed by her. Oh, my God, wait, you also, you asked me... I, I had about... a note on the novel thing. Wait, what? I had a note on the novel thing. Oh, what? yeah, go on. On writing a novel. I do think it's very, 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 very impressive yeah. as well. I've been, like, over the last month, maybe, like, trying to write, like, the longest blog post basically that I've ever tried to write ever yeah and it's like I mean I've, I've written fiction stories before you when you said your first draft was it like a short story or like an actual book oh, no. it was no it was like a book it was like God damn. probably like a hundred thousand words or something like that it was Jesus. really long yeah <laughs> and oh yeah that took me so much effort and concentration and what's really sad is that i i put that much effort into the first draft but now i just have i have no idea what to do when i go back and edit it so i've just left it for years and years like i started it in year seven and i finished it like no yeah and i finished it in like end of year nine that's oh with much, like procrastinating yeah and now i just i like haven't touched it since and that kind of like that pains me because i don't know what to do with it next you know like so hard. <laughs> yeah, like people underestimate how much skill it takes to write a book. So like I just want people to like appreciate novelists like much more because it takes so much work, I've now realised. So yeah, that's that's why I wrote that. Um Was it fiction? Was it fiction? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a story. It was about um it was about a serial killer. It was pretty awesome. yeah, it was it was like uh it was pretty like i because i started it in year seven mm. i mean it didn't start out the best which is probably why it's so hard to go back and edit it because there's so many like inconsistencies in the plot and i have no idea <laughs> what to do <that>. yeah <laughs> and you know i didn't i didn't i didn't even like consider like a target audience when i started it either so i feel um. like because it's like i'm like sensitive subjects like um like what murder obviously mm. <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna like adjust the plot to suit whoever i'm marketing it to like I didn't start with any of that framework in mind, which makes things so much harder for my later self, you know? So, yeah. huh. Have you ever gone back to a story that you've written, like, many years ago? Yes. Oh, my God, I have. No, because, okay. Because me, Amal, and Minat in, like, year six, we all wrote, like, our, our own version of the same story. Like, we all okay. wrote the same story from our own character's point of view. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it like, was so was the character called Freya? No, the character was not called Freya. Minak's character was called Galaxy Dream, right? Oh, nice. Foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. for meeting me. <laughs> and um, I think my character was called, like, Madison or something like that, which is a little more realistic than Galaxy Dream. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember going back and reading it, and it was so bad. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. No, but at least I had the passion at the time. Like, that's... Like, I wrote a little story. I don't think I finished it. But I'm pretty sure, like... 
it was a really like shallow teen teen fiction sort of thing it was like because mostly what i read at the time was like dork diaries you know (laughs) so it was like oh yeah this girl madison um like there was a viral video about her that made like billions or something and then someone like threw a bottle, a glass bottle at her when she was doing one of her sports races, because like my character was the t- the stereotypical like sporty one. So then someone threw a glass bottle at her, <laughs> and she like fell or something on the glass, and like she lost an eye or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what what the plot was after that, but I just want, I just, I just really wanted to write a shocking scene where someone loses an eye, so I I thought of a way to do it. And yeah. so the entire story led down and it went nowhere else. That was like the end of it. <laughs> it was so funny. It, 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 it could have just, <laughs> just been a tiny slice of life. The character loses their eye. And you know, I, I used to like like treating characters in that fashion as well. And I, yeah. I didn't like it in like shows and movies and books where they show mercy on characters and stuff. But then I think something <laughs> changed and I started thinking about characters as like real people. And like forcing real people to lose an eye and stuff, or <laughs> to get their leg ripped off by a passing train. Uh, no, yeah, it, no. I, I like, I always wanted to just like show off like my dramatic writing skills. I was like, oh, I'm gonna make this the saddest, most horrifying scene <laughs> I can. So I'm gonna find a way for them to lose an eye. Because like, how else am I, am I gonna write such a dramatic scene? You know, can I, I guess kind of. Can you see it? I don't. I don't think I have it anymore. Sadly, what? I wish I did. I don't know. I don't know. I probably threw it out from embarrassment in like. What? In no, probably like in year eight. No, I know because when I think back now, I'm like, God, I wish I kept that just for yeah. like the, the nostalgia, right? But I got rid of it in probably like in a spur of embarrassment. I was probably just, oh my God, I'm burning everything from my past life. Oh. I did not want to do that anymore. Yeah, I know. It's really disappointing. That's a yeah. big shame. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but here's here's a fun little fact. Um, part like obviously before I wasn't as as um accepting of my past. I was like really embarrassed. I was like, "Ew, that's gross." But now I'm like, "Yeah, that happened." And I know it's kind of fun that it did, you know. And that that part of my character arc that came from like um the boy Ellis that I showed you earlier, right? The Mm. blonde one, right? Because loads of bad stuff happened and I was like heartbroken for like months and months but then when I look look back at it I was like okay that happened you know so and then since then like my mentality was like like life goes up and down but I mean even even the parts where there's a massive dip in life like that's that's part of life that's like that's an experience you know so like presently definitely would have kept that book just because I mean it's really funny firstly and secondly It's just like that's part of growing up, writing an embarrassing little book with your friends, you know. So yeah, but back then I yeah, back then I got rid of it. Really sad. <laughs> is is that what you think that it goes back up? I think I used to think that, and at one point I managed to like believe it really strongly, and it was like yeah. you know a beacon whenever I was really really upset to know that okay this will pass as well. But yeah, then I think something changed, and I, I feel like when I'm like really sad or like you know getting nothing done I feel like yeah. oh crap this could last forever this could last 10 years yeah. like oh my God. the stakes are really high here yeah yeah I yeah I used to be like that whenever I was like really sad I, I was like oh yeah that guy could have been my soulmate oh I've lost my soulmate and stuff like that being all like oh yeah this is the end of the world and stuff you know but like 
could have been. I don't know. I, I might, it might just be me talking from a place of privilege because, like, I've never really experienced something that has been, like, really life-changing for me. Because, like, right now, I, I'm, I'm privileged enough that I can be like, oh, yeah, this will pass in a few months. I'll be fine in a few months. But what if something eventually happens to me that doesn't pass in a few months? Like, what, what am I going to do then? I don't know how I'm going to mentally prepare myself for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to imagine. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Something else. Uh, You know your story? Yeah. The novel. Basically, oh yeah, so in 2018, the summer, I wrote like a story based on an idea, and then I just plopped it down. And then in early 2020, I looked back at the idea. And I just like rewrote the entire thing because like you know the plot was screwy, but now I knew where it was going. I could like fix it, so I just like yeah. rewrote the entire thing. Um, so you can do that maybe. I mean, if it's a novel, then I guess do, do people just rewrite entire novels from the beginning? I don't know. I mean, oof, I could try, but it would take ages. It would take so long until I, the I end of six months. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, mm, the thing is, if I if I try and like focus on a project like that now, I'm probably gonna like procrastinate on it and give myself excuses like, oh yeah, I'm in sixth form, I should be spending my time on studying and stuff. When I, I'll probably just spend that time going on my phone and not studying because mm. I'll be like, oh yeah, what if I what if I need this time free? But then I just don't use the time, you know. So I'm gonna yeah, because I feel like if I have too many things going on at once, then I. I'm gonna be worse at the thing I'm actually meant to be focusing on. Like I, st- I stopped working out during um, the exams like just now um, yeah. because I was like, yeah, what if I don't have enough time to study? And then <laughs> I didn't even study, so I didn't study or work out, which is like that's a that's that's one of my that's one of my flaws. Like I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get around that really mm-hmm. because yeah, because I want to feel like I'm being productive about the right things. So that means I stop being productive about other things. Um, yeah. I guess it's just that the stress of school looming over me kind of prevents me from doing what I'm like really passionate about because I I feel like I I'm obligated to focus on my schoolwork more so uh, mm. just to like ensure my my success to not feel like I'm wasting time you know yeah yeah mm. I mean well you have eighty days of holiday now right yeah but is it still looming over like if you know you'll start a project that will last longer than eighty days. Yeah, no, it is still looming over me, which really sucks. And what what what's also looming over me is like these. I have eighty days of summer. I need to make the most of them. Yeah, so it's been, yeah, it's it's like it's really stressful because yeah. like because I've I've got like I've started like a, a a painting of a frog. It's on my desk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know when I'm gonna finish it because I want to spend every single day I can hang out with my friends because I feel like that's the way to make the most of my summer. So I'm gonna want to just like not do anything all day apart from going out with my friends because like that's how I feel like I'm making the most of it. So I can't do anything like like else like really productive or anything like that. Because then I feel like yeah, because this is the like probably the only chance in my life I'll have apart from like retirement to have this long yeah, exactly. I want. So I need to, I need to make the most of it. Like that's so stressful. I can't believe, I can't believe society has managed to make three months of doing nothing stressful. Like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> or maybe it's not. Can you imagine if we thought the holiday was for infinity and then we like 
we just did whatever we wanted and then it suddenly ended on mm. September 1st. Oh my god, I don't know what, hmm, I don't know what I did then. Maybe I would be more productive, but maybe I'd also be like, okay, now I have time, I don't need to do anything now. You know, I don't yeah. think there's, there's like any scenario that will like force me to be productive unless I like, I force myself to be productive like really harshly, you know? <laughs> well, I guess I know, but... <laughs> um, Alright, well, I mean, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, two hours seems to be the yeah. unofficial <laughs> ending time. So, okay, for idea. a final thing, do you by any chance know any quotes from anything anywhere? Any quotes? Yeah. Ooh, um, I don't know, I can quote Big Ben. Uh, do it. Bing, bing bong. Bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> 